a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Horizon. I appreciate you all spending another afternoon with me as we continue to unpack the circumstances surrounding the murder of Gabby Petito and now the manhunt for Brian Laundry. We're going to kick the show off today with a quick update on where the search stands. And unfortunately, folks, that's a quick update. More of the same. More searching, no finding. Now, they might have found some evidence that we don't know about or something like that, but as far as finding Brian Laundry, that has not occurred yet. The teams were back in the swamps today, scouring over the land as they continue to try and find this guy. Now, when we first heard the story about this dude escaping to the swamp, we heard, oh, he had a backpack. He didn't take no keys. He didn't take his wallet. All right, I get it. Kind of concerning, right? If you're a parent, kid don't take his wallet, don't take his keys. Why would you let him leave in the first place? That's the, the, the first question, okay? Don't give me this song and dance now that he's gone. It's been, you know, you wait two days to even call the police. But now you give this song and a dance about how you're worried he might... Uh, inflict some self-harm on himself? I think the ship has sailed for, for the, uh, the pity party here, no? If you were so concerned about your child's welfare, he would have never left that house in the first place to go on some dumbass hiking adventure into the swamp under the circumstances that were uh, surrounding the whole family at that point. So why would you let him go in the first place? Now, people will say, well, he's an adult. He can do whatever he wants. Call the police. Say, my son just went through a traumatic experience breaking up with his girlfriend. If, you know, that's the story he gave them or whatever. And I think he's going to the wilderness to commit self-harm upon himself. And there are channels that are, are uh, used and uh, navigated where people who are going to commit self-harm or if they believe they're going to commit some self-harm, 
Well, there's ways to put them under a hold for 72 hours. You know, there are ways to go about it. You don't just let your kid stroll out of the house and head for some hiking adventure. And when they say backpack, they made it sound like a Jansport backpack. Well, when you look at some of the pictures today that were in um, the sun of some of the hiking gear that he had, some of the backpacking gear that he had, he was kitted out. I didn't realize that he was geared up like that. I had not seen those pictures. Now, if he brought his whole kit with him and not just a quote-unquote backpack, like his parents said or like the reports were getting say, then even if you have rudimentary skills in the wilderness, you can maintain for quite some time. There have, there's a lot of thru-hikers who hike the Appalachian Trail and the, uh, the PCT on a yearly basis that are not very experienced hikers. With that said, you're on the trail with a lot of other people. I mean, on the PCT, during that time, it's, you know, 27, 2,800 people get permits, something like that, maybe even more. So there's a lot of other people there on the trail. You can partner up with somebody, you know, learn something maybe. They're called trail families. And a lot of times what happens is you're on the trail, maybe you're a solo hiker, and you link up with some other people and you become, quote-unquote, a trail family. And you do your thru-hike together. So when you have uh, uh, um, somebody who has rudimentary skills, if they're in the right environment, then they most certainly can survive and maintain. Now, the caveat to that for me is the whole swamp thing, right? I just, I can't believe that he'd be able to maintain in the swamp. Even if he brought with him like a jet boil. What that is, it's a little... Um, boiling system that you bring out into the wilderness. You have a little like propane tank that comes with it, like a little small travel one. And it heats your water up super quick so you can make dehydrated meals, coffee, whatever it might be. But if he's using that and they're using uh, infrared sensors to find him, then they'd be able to pick that up, right? So you would think boiling water's out. But that's not the only way to get water, is it? You can easily pick up a life straw, a filtration straw for $20 at Walmart and be golden, especially considering there's access to a river close by. So he wouldn't have to drink the swamp muck, right? So I, I could see water as maybe not being a problem in the swamp. But besides that, I don't see how he could maintain. The swamp is just too hard of a... An area to navigate in a manner that you would need to to avoid capture from search parties and all of the technology especially that's being deployed. So, if he was ever at that reserve, I don't think he's there anymore if he's alive. Remember, I believe that if he is at that reserve, I think they're going to find him dead. But if he's not at that reserve and he's he's skirted on out and he's in like, you know, headed towards the, you know, the Blue Ridge Mountains or uh, the Appalachian Trail, it's going to get cold soon. So winter survival is a whole different ballgame, no doubt about it. So either way, if he's in the swamp, if he bugs out and say he's, you know, he had this head start and just speculating that he's not in that swamp and he's hit the foothills already 
and he's making his way towards, you know, the AT or an offshoot of it. Then it's going to be winter soon and he's going to have to be prepared. But from what I saw uh, of those pictures with his pack, he had an Osprey pack. I have an Osprey pack as well. And it looked to be at least, at least 65 liters, maybe a little less, maybe 60 liters, 58. And you could easily do a through hike with a, with a pack like that, as long as you know what you're doing as far as bringing gear, making sure your kit's light enough. So, for instance, I have separate kits. I have an ultra light kit, and then I have my basic camping kit. You know, for the winter, obviously, my kit's a lot heavier. So if I'm, say, kitted up with my winter kit and I'm out hiking, there's no way I'm going to cover the mileage that I would if I had my ultralight kit. When the conditions are perfect here in Las Vegas, outside of Las Vegas, in this general vicinity, I can easily, easily crunch 20 to 25 miles in a day. When I have my trail legs and, you know, the season's been rocking... I'm out there, I'm doing 70 miles a week out on those trails. So if, if you're conditioned and you're ready to go with your ultralight pack, you can easily, easily stack miles. But with winter coming up, you would think that it would be a little different, obviously, right? Now, I don't think that he's thought that far ahead, of course. But I doubt if whatever pack he has is ultralight, he has food in there and whatever kind of clothes if anything that he has so I think that definitely comes into play without knowing exactly what sort of kit he has just hearing the generic explanation for a backpack doesn't really do enough for me so I've spent today kind of looking into this portion of the the situation at hand right what kind of gear he had when I saw that picture it really piqued my interest because I was going off the statement of he left with a backpack. Me, I'm thinking like a Jansport backpack, right? <laughs> so obviously he had hiking gear. So from these pictures that are in the sun, he had all of this gear previously. So he wouldn't have needed to the money he supposedly pulled off of the cards or whatever. He wasn't using that money for gear. He has this gear already. So, if he is not in this swamp, it's definitely possible that even with rudimentary backpacking skills and a little bit of knowledge of how to live off the land, that he can maintain for a bit. Now, I don't know how long that'll last when the winter comes rolling in. I've done some excursions in the winter myself and even completely kitted out with my winter kit. There's some nights that are absolutely miserable. The wind is howling, it might be raining, or if you're really lucky, a little snow. But it's just miserable, right? So, I fig- you figure it's late September, there's not much more of a window before the snows do start rolling in in some of these mountainous areas uh, on the AT. And obviously there's a reason why people don't do those cross uh, the through hikes during the winter for the most part. You schedule it for a time when the weather is prim, primo. And for instance, like if you're going to do the, the PCT, a lot of people will leave in April. Some people will leave in March, like late March. That would be my preferred time to, to boogie. But I'm a little more 
confident and competent in higher elevations and I'm not as put off by ice and snow. I've navigated through that before, so it's not something I'm as worried about. But you have other people who leave a little bit later. And for me, that's a no-go because I'm not trying to go through the desert while it's hot. So forget that. But the point is, you have to set it up correctly. You know, when you're going to, you're doing a through hike, there's a lot that goes into it. A lot of logistical planning. You have resupply stops for most people, right? Some people just buy stuff on the way, I guess. But it's a, a well-thought-out process to go on a through hike. So I've seen people who have literally no skills in the wilderness tack on some serious miles. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that if he's skirted outside of this reserve that he's hunkered down in the, the, the hills or the mountains. And I guess we'll have to see, right? Obviously, this is all speculation and all based on if he is not in that swamp. But after seeing the pictures of his gear, it's, it's very possible, folks, that he, he left with more than just that backpack. It would be my guess, in fact, that he left with more than that backpack. At least a hammock, definitely a, uh, a, a hydration filter, probably a, a ton of um, power bars and, and stuff like that. I know that in my pack right now, I could grab my pack and I have enough stuff in there to do what I got to do for at the very least a couple of days. If I had time to plan, I could really load it up and get things rocking and rolling to make sure that I was able to rock and roll for two, three weeks. And again, I'm not saying that he left that swamp. I don't know. I Very clear with you guys trying to be very upfront. I don't have any sort of inside information. I have The only information I have available to me is what you have available to you. But I just don't believe that he can maintain in the swamp for as long as we've seen here. And I don't think he would try to. I think this is the, the, the perfect diversion. Oh, yeah, I'm going to the swamp. And maybe he went. He did go there and cut through the swamp, you know, throw the investigators off, whatever it may be. But setting up home base there, I just don't see that to be a winning strategy. Now, again, <laughs> certainly wouldn't be the first time I'm wrong in my life. And I'm just trying to put everything together like everybody else. But after seeing the gear he had, I had to reevaluate my position. Because he definitely had the gear that would let you make a bit of a getaway and hunker down for a while. And you could do it without really being inconvenienced. Outside of that swamp, I mean. So we'll have to see what's going on. In this, in this search, and it, this is just crazy to watch it all unfold. And then, of course, you still have his parents who haven't said anything. Now they're trying to snatch the narrative, though, right? Oh, we're worried about Brian. He left without the keys. He left without his wallet. Yeah, well, why did you let him leave in the first place? Today, we're going to jump into an article from the Daily Mail, and we're going to hear from Gabby's friend Rose once again, uh, the same one who was telling us about Brian's behavior, uh, jealous, that kind of thing. Now, 
Take this all with a grain of salt, of course. This is what Brian told her, so it doesn't mean it really happened, but we can't completely discount it, right? Until we have official reports from the police, until we have an official, you know, idea of what's going on, then we have to definitely, at the very least, entertain the idea that if he bounced from that park, that he is able to, at the very least, sustain for a little while while hiding out in the wilderness. And this article was authored by Sean Cohen. Now, this is a long-ass article, so we're not going to read the whole entire thing. We're going to read the pertinent section, and the rest of it just goes into rehashing what we've already talked about. So I'm not going to, you know, waste your folks' time here on a Friday night. I know you have other things to do. So, let's jump right in. Here is the headline. Exclusive. Brian Laundrie is well-equipped to survive months in 25,000-acre Florida Nature Reserve as Gabby Petito's best friend reveals he's gone off the grid before and lived by himself in the Appalachians. Now, I don't believe that he is equipped to survive in the Nature Reserve. Not in the least. You have to be, again, a hardened survivalist, not a hiker, not a backpacker. Like I said, I I know I couldn't even survive down there. And I've been in some squirrely-ass situations, folks, as far as the outdoors go. Not in the swamps, though. It's a whole different ballgame. How many miles do you really think you're putting in in the swamps when you're sinking and there's all kinds of water hazards and forget the alligators? What about the water moccasins? Those things are angrier than a pissed-on wolverine. Uh, Things attack everything in in their sight. I don't know about you folks, I have no no desire to be around any sort of snake that's poisonous. So there's all sorts of pitfalls in there, never mind just the basic, you know, hoofing it. It's a very, very, very dangerous place. And not just from the animals, just the terrain and the whole entire scene. Brian Laundrie's week-long disappearance into a 25,000-acre nature reserve is nothing compared to other solo trips he's taken into the wilderness, including a hike on the Appalachian Trail lasting three months, DailyMail.com has learned. Now, okay, hold on. Spending a few months on on the AT is pretty common, to be honest with you. Like I said, when people are doing through hikes, that's it takes a few months. So it's not like if you're on the AT, you're in the complete backcountry, nobody's around. There's a lot of people, a lot of traffic. You get to the shelters that they have set up along the trail, and you're in there with a bunch of other hikers just about every night during the hiking season. And I highly doubt he was running around in these mountains in the winter. I know he lived in the in the uh, Appalachians for what I believe was three months, and he did it by himself, so I know he's skilled at it, said Rose Davis, best friend of Gabby Petito, whose body was found Sunday in Grand Teton National Park, Wyoming. So, again, this is what Brian relayed to her, and I guess Gabby co-signed for it, and look, maybe he was there. You don't ever want to underestimate your opponent. And I don't care if it's uh, old uh, Lion Brian here or anyone else. 
all options must be kept on the table until they're eliminated. That's how investigations work. If you think that they're not keeping their eyes and ears open elsewhere, if you don't think the digital investigation is continuing as well as this, this investigation on the ground, you're not paying attention because it is. The FBI usually can walk and chew gum at the same time. But they are human. They're not infallible. In fact, covering the Epstein case, you learn that real quick. So, I'm keeping all options on the table until they're eliminated. And I think when you start to unpack the story around him hanging out in the wilderness and, you know, going on these trips, I still don't believe he's a survivalist, but he certainly had some gear. And again, if you have some gear and you have some rudimentary skills, which he probably possessed, you know, how to set up a tent, start a fire, rudimentary skills, you can definitely maintain. But the caveat to that is, with the weather rolling in, I think he's on a limited schedule if that's the case. So, I'm very, very interested to see where this all goes from here. He and Gabby both told me stories about it, Rose added in an exclusive interview with DailyMail.com. And you could see the enthusiasm in his voice when he would talk about his adventures by himself, like that trip into the Appalachians, a trail stretching more than 2,000 miles from Georgia to Maine. Now, it's one of the most popular thru-hikes in the whole entire world. You know, you got the... uh, the Triple Crown here in America. You have the PCT, you have the Continental Divide, and then you have the AT. And for people who do all three of those, that's called the Triple Crown. It's one of the crown jewels for hikers and backpackers. I won't bore you with all of that stuff, but just to give you a little bit of an idea. He was last seen more than a week ago leaving his parents' home in Northport, Florida with a backpack. See, and that's... that's, where the questions arise for me. What kind of backpack? We don't have enough context, right? So when you just say backpack, for me, I automatically thought Jan Sport, <laughs> like I was saying earlier. Now, if you say a hiking pack, that's a different story. Then, you know, somebody's going out there getting ready to rock and roll. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Police and FBI agents resumed their search of the Carlton Reserve early Wednesday, sharing photos of search dogs heading out into the swampland. Um, on Wednesday, police divers arrived at the vast swampland Carl- uh, Carlton Reserve. All right, so this is some of that rehashing stuff. We're going to skip over that and get to the stuff that is pertinent to what we're talking about here. So obviously, if you want to read this whole article, you'll be able to do that. The link will be in the description box. It's just gigantic, and like I, like I was saying, I don't want to rehash all of that stuff. Let's just keep the conversation rolling for now. Rose said she met Gabby early last year on Bumble BFF, a meeting app for friends, and they instantly hit it off. 
I didn't even know something like that existed. There's apps for you to make friends like that these days? Damn, when I was younger, you actually had to like leave the house to go make friends. Rose, 21, who lives in Sarasota, said Laundry often liked to be alone and didn't appear to have any friends. Now, another reason why Gabby probably was using this app, unfortunately, is because Brian was so controlling. And without, you know, him hovering over her or whatever it may be, she probably didn't feel comfortable going out. And if you can't go, if you're not going out, how are you going to meet anyone? Well, you have to use the internet, right? Even when he'd join her and Gabby at the beach in Florida, he'd go off to sit by himself. She described him as a jealous and controlling and said he'd try to prevent his fiance from hanging out with her. The couple had several brutal arguments in which Petito would drive off to spend the night at her house. Now, again, we've talked about that. That is just more context for the type of person that Brian was, according to these reports from the people that were close to them. Remember, we weren't there. We didn't know him. But we have to rely on the people who did know him, who were close to him. And according to the, the people we're talking to and we're hearing from, well, they always had some kind of drama. He was controlling. He was jealous. He had quote-unquote episodes. So yeah, that all builds the profile of a no-good, rotten son of a bitch, in my opinion. I think that's one reason why Brian rushed into this van trip, Rose said, of the cross-country trip Petito and Laundry began in July. He saw how close we were getting, and he realized that after every fight, she was staying at my house, and he didn't have control over that. Very possible, because it wasn't like Brian was into the whole entire vlogging thing. He was demeaning it. Now, maybe this was a compromise. Maybe, you know, Gabby didn't want to rough it. And they decided to get the van instead of actually just doing some camping. Very possible. I know that my girl, Carrie, she's not a big fan of roughing it either, to be honest with you. A lot of these adventures, I'm on my own, folks. But I could totally see how it's a compromise. But unfortunately... This grifting-ass, scummy MF had other plans. The couple were filming their adventures for a Van Life YouTube channel Petito was creating. Rose was planning to meet them in Wyoming's Yellowstone National Park in September and had even asked her boss for days off for the trip. They were planning to look to, to lock in a specific date on August 29th, Rose's birthday, but Petito never called. Yeah, well, we know why. Well, Brian was out hitchhiking. Dicking around in the park. Gabby was at her final resting place. Laundry returned home without Petito on September 1st, and her family from Long Island reported her missing on September 11th. And that's, again, it's just wild. The family that's 2,000 miles away in New York has to report her missing, not her future in-laws? How do you make sense of that? Furthermore, how do you look in the mirror and be okay with what's staring back at you after you make a decision such as this? Talk about being morally bankrupt. 
Rose said she was horrified when police then released details of an argument the couple had in Moab, Utah in early August, just days after Rose last spoke to her best friend. I'm sure it caused an argument when Gabby told him I was going there soon because he knows dang well that if I saw them in a rocky place, I would take her home with me, she told DailyMail.com. I would be like, screw this, you're coming home with me, we'll do this on our own sometime. Now, I'm sure that wouldn't have went over well with uh, Mr. Petito, and, I mean with, with Mr. Laundry, and I would think that it would cause a lot more problems for Gabby. Now, you know how it is when women are in, a, in an abusive relationship. A lot of times, they're so gaslit and, and so cowed by their significant other that there's no amount of prying that's going to get them to leave because they're terrified of this person. So, I think it's a nice gesture and a good thought by uh, Rose here, but when you're in a relationship like this, it's very difficult. And even when the people you love the most tell you there's red flags and, and, and they're warning you, a lot of times people f still fall into the trap. Laundry had considered, I mean, excuse me, Rose had considered Laundry a friend at one point, but said she now hopes he'll be caught and made to suffer. I hope he's found, and then I want him to get convicted and go to jail, she said. I won't go into detail with the rest that I want to have happen to him, him and his parents. Well, she, you know, look, if it was my best friend, I'd probably feel the same way. I mean, let's be real. This guy's accused of killing your best friend? You'd be lucky if all I want to see you in jail. But when you think about it, somebody like him, somebody who ascribes to the wilderness, somebody who says that they're a big outdoor enthusiast, the worst thing you could possibly do is incarcerate them, right? And at the end of the day, that's what he deserves if he's guilty of this after the trial, of course. He deserves the harshest punishment on the books. I hope it's 300 years. And I also hope by the time he's getting old that a new technology is introduced that will keep him alive for his whole entire sentence. Well, folks, that's the roundup for today. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those uh, slow days. It's a Friday. Not very many, you know, new uh, details have been fired down the pipe. So, figured we'd add a little more context to this conversation about the swamp, if he left, and, uh, you know, throw in a couple of uh, tidbits and pearls of knowledge from my time on the trails, <laughs> for whatever that's worth. Alright, everybody. So, I appreciate you all joining me for another episode, and we'll continue on through until... We get some information until there's some resolution here. Until Gabby's, Gabby and her family get justice. If you'd like to contact me, you can do that at bobbycapucci at protonmail.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y-C-A-P-U-C-C-I at protonmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at B-O-B-B-Y underscore C-A-P-U-C-C-I. All of the links that go with this episode can be found in the description box. With the Lucky Lands, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.